up to the last chapter of Luke, Luke chapter 24. We won't finish it today, but it's been over a year and about two, three months that we have been in this book. Be reading ahead in the book of Revelation as that's where we're journeying next. Today, Luke 24. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And then they went in and they did not find the body of our Lord Jesus. And as it happened, as they were there, they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood in shining garments. We know them to be angels. And then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth and said, why do you seek the living among the dead? What a beautiful statement. He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in the Galilee, saying that the Son of Man, notice the word, must be delivered into the hands of sinners and be crucified on the third day and rise again. And then they remembered his words. And then they returned from the tomb and told these, told all things to the eleven. Please note this, and the rest. That, uh, the rest is going to be important in a minute. And it was Mary of Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and the other women with him who told them these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to be like idle tales or madness, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. Stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself what had happened. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day, this day in Scripture that changed the universe. Yes, Friday was so important, the payment for our sins. But without the resurrection, Lord, we're dead. There is no life after. And so, Lord, we thank you for conquering death on our behalf and coming out and giving us life in that more abundantly. Encourage our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, happy Resurrection Sunday. You thought it was just once a year. Nope. Now listen, we're here, we're reading this, it's 2020, right? We have a different perspective, don't we? This is joyful, isn't it? Do you know that they were in a discouraged state? In fact, we're going to see a glimpse of that discouraged state in the two who are on the road to Emmaus. So, if you forgive me, I'm going to have a little bit more of a concise look at this resurrection, and then I want to get to these guys who are on the road to Emmaus who have given up because of discouragement. How do I know they're discouraged? Well, they don't even believe the eyewitness account. They dismiss it as babbling. In fact, the old English calls that word idle talk of a like a madman who has gone insane. So let's take a look at this. Now, on the first day of the week, so to the Jew, everything was the Sabbath day. Everybody got that? The seventh day, the Sabbath day. In fact, someone uh, last week was asking me that. Why do we worship on Sunday? Well, the buildings were open on, uh, on Sunday, and there wasn't anybody worshiping on that day. And eight is, a, is in the Bible, 
of new beginnings, and so Jesus was resurrected on Sunday, so it kind of makes sense that the church would celebrate that every Sunday. But for us, it doesn't matter what day it is, we worship Christ because He is risen, amen? But it says they went very early in the morning, and we have a group of women that went to bring spices because His burial was quickened. They didn't have a lot of time to set it in motion. Luke made mention of this last time that they knew exactly where the tomb was, and so they are headed out. By the, by the way, the word uh, very early in the morning in the Greek has the reference of just before the sun comes up. You know that time where there's just a hint of glow? That's when they were getting up, and they were coming to the tomb. But notice with me in verse 2, the glorious words, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Now, why was the tomb rolled away? Now, we know from another gospel account that there was an earthquake and an angel, it says, had rolled the stone away. Was the stone rolled away so that Jesus could get out? Be like, could someone open up the stone? I've got a resurrection day to fulfill. Could Father, could you send that angel? Oh, it's my bad. I totally forgot I'm late. (laughs) The stone was not rolled away for Jesus. It was rolled away so that the women and Peter and John could see that there was nobody in the tomb. I love this statement, and we'll see this uh, from the angel. Look in verse 6. It says, he's not here. That's what our faith is about. Friday is so important, as I prayed, but without the resurrection, we, don't ha- we just got Buddha in the ground. Do you see the difference? Or Muhammad in the ground. They might have words, in my opinion, that have no meaning, but without the resurrection, we don't have what we have today. This is, at the, this is the cornerstone of the Christian belief is Christ has come to give us life. And then they went in, and they did not find the body of our Lord Jesus. And as it happened, as they were greatly perplexed, now listen, they are in a state of discouragement. From Friday, watching these women were at the cross, they watched who they thought, and we're going to get to this in a minute with the guys on the road to Emmaus. They thought, Messiah, Jesus, was one thing, and he turned out to be something else. And they couldn't figure that out. And they were, uh, they were perplexed, and they were depressed. We're going to see the cure for all of that by the end of the, the day today. And so it happened, they were, they were perplexed about this, and that, behold, two men, two angels stood by them in shining garments, And then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth and said to them, the angels saying to the women, what, by the way, what a great phrase. And how long has this guy been waiting to say this phrase? Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. And I love how the angel does this. The angel points them back to the spoken word of God, or for our purposes, the written word. 
You got a problem with discouragement? We're going to see the cure to that is God's word. It's always God's word. This book will do the healing if we let it. And so he says to them, remember, maybe today you've got an issue with discouragement or something isn't going the way that you thought. You thought God should operate in your life in this way or provide for you, and you're just bummed out by the thing. You're like the two uh, on the road to Emmaus. You're just, you just want to quit. But I, but I tell you the words of encouragement, remember. In the book of Revelation, we're going to see Jesus say, remember. Remember what it was like to come to a saving knowledge of me. Remember your dependence on me. Remember when you walked with me. Remember those words that you first heard and changed your heart. Oftentimes we forget, so too like the women. It hasn't been that long, maybe several months. And he reminds them, remember how he spoke to you when he was still in the Galilee. And he said, the son of man, please circle this word, must. It was imperative. He had to go to the cross. Notice, to be delivered into the hands of sinful men, to be crucified. But here's the thing. They forgot that third day. They forgot what Jesus said. He said it multiple times that, listen, I'm going to come out of the grave. And then, verse 8, which happens to us all, we hear a Bible study and we go, oh, I remember now. I remember when I heard that for the first time. And so they remembered his words. And here starts the, uh, the motion of the events of this day. This is a long day, this Sunday. And then they returned from the tomb, and they told all things to the eleven. And here's the phrase I want you to pick up on. Yes, the eleven are the apostles, minus Judas. But it says to all the other rest, the other disciples who were in the room, they were all gathered together. We think of just the 11, the apostles, but there were a greater number of them, the women as we saw, and these other men who had been around, even Matthias that we will see later on, called in to be another apostle. And so it says that, that Mary Magdalene was there, Joanna was there, and the mother of James, and the other women with them, and they told them, told these things to the apostles. Now, this isn't the day that you got Friday. He's in the ground by sunset. What are they doing from Friday to now? They're all together. You know what it's like to be depressed don't you want to be around someone else depressed T today later on at the end of today there will be a group of people who are depressed they will either be <laughs> in Kansas City <laughs> or in Tampa right <laughs> and so you don't know it's, you know what it's like because there's comfort around that amen it's the wrong comfort but nevertheless we're all bummed out. Let's hang out together. That's what they're doing. They don't have the perspective that we have for 2,000 years. They don't get up. It's Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. That is not what they're thinking. These guys have followed Jesus. As Peter said, we have left 
everything. They have put all of their stock into this Galilean. And he's dead. He's dead. And now a bunch of women are going to tell us that he's alive? They're hysterical. Hence the old English word. Notice it says, they thought it was idle talk. And again, the old English word means that they thought they were out of their mind. They did not believe them. Now, give Pete credit, right? Pete arose and he ran to the tomb. John tells us that John went with him, but and John tells us in such a graceful way that he outran the old man. Thanks, John. The thing I love about John is John's writing this around uh, 90 AD. Everyone's dead. It's just John, and he don't care. You know how that is. Old people, at some point, they lose their filter. John did that. John was the one who told us that Peter cut the guy's ear off. It was John who told us that he was the beloved. He was the favorite of Jesus. Who's going to complain? Who's <laughs> Pete's like, uh. so Peter arose and he ran to the tomb and stooping down. And I, and I love the difference here between the accounts. And feel free to read John's version. It's wonderful. It says that John immediately knew. But Peter still wasn't figuring it out. Listen, aren't we all like that? Oftentimes we're Peter. Sometimes we're John. We get it. Oftentimes we're not. And when it comes to our relationship with God, we all tend to be on the same boat with Peter. Notice it says that he marveled to himself what had happened. Now, I'm not sure why, and I don't want to uh, take us down this road of kind of going, guys, why didn't you get the whole Lazarus thing about three weeks ago? If he could do that, he can't come out of a tomb? Like they weren't piecing all of those together. And it wasn't until the book of Acts when they're filled with the Spirit, then everything starts to come into line. But at this point, they are discouraged. Peter doesn't even know what's going on. He's marveling. I can't figure it out. But notice with me in verse 9 again, it says that they told these things to the 11 and to the rest. And that's where this next account picks up, where only Luke tells us what happens. And I am so thankful that Luke sat down with these guys and said, now tell me what happened on that road. So you're in a place of discouragement. You're around a bunch of other people who are discouraged, right? They're depressed. How about you? At some point, they're like, I got to get out of here. You want to get out of here? Let's get out of here. At some point, these two say, that's it. We're leaving this meeting and we're going, well, home. We're going back. And it says, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Have you ever had someone encourage you to further you in your discouragement? Yeah, we're in church. Have you ever had anybody fuel your discouragement? 
strange bedfellows, huh? What do we tend to do? If we're depressed or we're in that state, we want to find someone just like us who can, who can validate what we're feeling. I can imagine these guys are sitting next to each other. I can't believe this is going on. I left my fishing business. I left my printing business. I was a successful lawyer. I followed this Galilean. Man, I'm out of here. You know what? You're right. I'm out of here too. And as they're walking, they are fueling each other as they're walking. In fact, they're arguing with each other as they're walking, and they're fueling their discouragement and their, dare I say, bummed outness. And that's English. But have you ever had anybody encourage you further in your discouragement? That's what these two are doing. Now, I want you to see this because it's important. This is why I wanted to spend a lot of time here today. Is that everyone in the room have walked on this road. If you're a follower of Christ, at some point you have had unmet expectations. Just like John the Baptist. I'm in jail. I thought you were the Messiah and that we were going to kick out the Romans and set up this kingdom. Why am I still in jail? I heard you walked on water. You can't pick a lock. Amen. We've all been on this road. And I want you to see the cure to this discouragement. We've all had unmet expectations when, it's, when it has come to God in our life. This is such a powerful area of Scripture that I think we, we oftentimes as the church have just kind of glossed over. And so now behold, there were two traveling at, on the same day. Again, these two men were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They were discouraged disciples, but they had no reason to be discouraged. They just got eyewitness news. And yet, they got up and left. How bad is your day? When you hear facts but don't believe them. Oh, that's hypothetical. We don't live in a world like that, do we? Where people hear facts, real facts, not, oh, don't. I, I'll, I will stay to the scripture today. Again, they heard the reports of the women from the tomb. I want to jump down because I want you to see this in verse 21. This is where they are. But we were hoping. They had one idea of Messiah. And every Jew at this time had one idea of Messiah. It wasn't the Messiah who Jesus was. And so they all had this, and because it didn't play out the way that they thought it was going to play out, I'm done. I'm leaving. And the question is, where are you going? They left the center of this newfound Christianity, which was Jerusalem. Everything revolves around these 11 guys. They are leaving the beginning to go back to what? What are you going back to? 
when you have said, I've had it, where are you going? Back to the world? Back to that job? But wait a minute. Hasn't Jesus delivered you from that? Didn't you watch him do these miracles for three years? Remember, these guys aren't just the -the run-of-the-mill guys thinking, hey, I'm going to get a free bag lunch. They've walked with Jesus. They've seen the miracles. At some point, Jesus walked through their village and said, (laughs) they said an amazing sermon, a beatitude or something. And they said, this guy's different. Maybe he's the one. And they followed him, and they poured their life into him, and they served. It's three years now. Now it hasn't played out how they want, and they're done. This isn't what I expected when I said yes to Jesus at that Billy Graham concert or coming to Calvary and getting saved in the book of Leviticus. It's not how I thought it was going to be. By the way, just take an honest assessment assessment today. Did anyone think this was how it was going to be as a believer? A lot of us, we don't know really what's happening. That's why I feel like as a pastor, it is my responsibility to tell you that you are a target, that you will have tribulation, that this is a serious walk with God. This isn't some new app that you download. I'm going to try Jesus for a while. Try that new subscription. And if I don't like it, I'll just give it a one star and delete it. This is a marathon, Paul describes. He describes it as a farmer. He describes it as a warrior. But I think sometimes, especially the day in which we live in, we don't have the reality of what Christianity really means, what it looks like to suffer tribulation. We're about to find out. And so notice as they talk together... (laughs) Of all these things, by the way, how long are they talking before Jesus shows up? I I guarantee you Jesus heard everything that they were talking about. But as they're talking, they're like, can you believe this? Yeah, remember when he came to our village and he said, come follow me, and we watched him heal that leper? I know. But then he got nailed to the cross. And they were crushed. What do you do with that? Again, at the end, their hearts burned for the word. Where did the burning had gone? You see, at this point, I believe it's just hanging on. It's just a whisper. It had been quenched by the things of the world and what they thought was not going the way that they wanted it to go. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned. What? Wait, wait. By the way, that word reason means they are arguing. Who are they arguing to? They're arguing. They're contending. They're de- debating all of this. But at some point they realized we're just done with this Galilean. They didn't believe as we'll see, the women. And so it was, as they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now, I don't know about you, and I say this all the time, and I really mean it this time. Not that I don't mean it that time. But I really want to see this video. Don't you? You guys are walking, I can't believe what's going on in this 
all of a sudden, Jesus starts walking with them. Like they pop out of a tree. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys. Notice, but their eyes were restrained, and they didn't know him. <laughs> it's not like Jesus had, you know, like a clown uh, disguise in a big nose or a different uh, outfit. It's the same Jesus. But for whatever reason, you know, it's, a, I know Michael will like this. It, these are not the droids you're looking for. You know, he, he just, at some point, he just did one of these and they didn't know who he was. And if you don't understand that reference, talk to a millennial or a younger kid. Notice how Jesus plays with them like a cat plays with a mouse. And that's why I want to see this video. I know Jesus has this big grin on his face. And they are like. And he says, what kind of conversation is this? Hey, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? You've been talking about on the road. And I kind of overhear it as you're walking. Hey, by the way, guys, you look really bummed out. You look sad. What's going on? <laughs> and then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which has happened here in these days? Hey, buddy, did you just land here from another planet? All of what's going on, the fervor, the news, has all been about this Galilean this Nazarene, this, this Jesus who was crucified by the religious leaders and the Romans. <laughs> Here's the mouse and cat. What things? Don't you love it when Jesus asks us questions like that? Hey, why are you bummed out? Like he already knows. He's not filling, they're not filling him in on anything he doesn't know, but he's playing with them, and I love that. Because God often does that to us, to get us out of where we are, which is what? The funk, the depression. You see, these guys are focused on what they didn't get out of Jesus, rather than what Jesus really came to do. They should be excited, like we are all excited, every Resurrection Sunday. For He is risen, right? And what does the congregation say? He is risen indeed. We're all, they never said that on Sunday. Listen, uh, Peter, I've got a new phrase. Oh, really, Nathaniel? Yeah, what is? Every time I say he is risen, everybody else says he's risen indeed. That's great. Put that somewhere. We're going to use that. They didn't have any of that. They're all bummed out. And these two are all feeling the exact same thing. And so he says, what things? And so they said to him, the things pertaining Jesus. Now, notice their description. Not only Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and words before God and the people. They say, listen, we thought he was Messiah. He, did, he, he gave great messages. That Sermon on the Mount, man, that's going to go places. That was wonderful. That walking on the water, can't wait to see that on video. That Lazarus coming out of the tomb, they're telling Jesus all of this. What are they doing? What is Jesus doing? 
he's, he's helping them bring to their remembrance everything that Jesus had done. See, oftentimes we forget what Jesus has done for us, and so pff, he plays with us. He goes, hey, what have I done for you? Oh, well, you've done this, you've done this, you healed me of this, you've pulled me out of the miry pit, you've brought me to Calvary Chapel, right? I've heard the word of God teach. I've never heard that before. <laughs> what things? And so they describe everything. <laughs> and then lastly, how the chief priest and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. By the way, can you see their face? This isn't one of joy. They are utterly distraught. And when they say the word crucify, you, you don't come back from that. He's crucified. It's done for us. We thought we were joining this new organization. <laughs> they crucified him. I want you to underline this because this is really at the heart of their heart and their mind. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. The Jews did not see the suffering Savior of Isaiah 53. They did not see Daniel 9, that he would be cut off, which speaks of his crucifixion. They didn't see that. All they saw was the line of David will not end and Messiah will sit on the throne. And if you're a king, you certainly aren't going to let the Romans be in the same country as you. And so they saw Messiah as one thing when in fact he came the first time as the Lamb of God. And I think believers do this often. That's why we've all been on this road. We think God is this, when in fact he is not really that. He is not here to make you healthy and wealthy. He is not here to bring your marriage to a place of ultimate blah, bliss. Now, that can happen if you surrender and you change. I think in marriage sometimes we, we go to bed and we pray, Lord, would you please change my spouse for the morning? And you think I'm going to wake up and this person is, who are you? Where did, what did you do with my wife? My spouse. That's not how it happens. This is an individual walk with Jesus. We are individual sinners. Amen? We are all on this road. We've been redeemed. We got a lot of problems. And the Bible tells us that we got a lot of pruning to do. We cut off the dead wood. Doesn't feel good, but we know it'll help us to produce more fruit. And so they said, but we were hoping. What happens when your hope is gone? What happens when your hope is gone? And I love how one pastor said this. He says, when you lose hope, you start to lose logic and reason. You do things. You ever had this happen? People are like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Because that person lost hope. They think, and what is the ultimate in that as an example? Suicide. 
the person is so deceived into thinking that if I kill myself, I will help my family. I will remove my pain, which is the complete opposite of that. When we lose hope, we lose logic and reason. And what Jesus wants to do is get us out of that, bring hope back into our life so that we will not do something really dumb. Amen? Because we are prone to do really dumb things when we are without hope. And I I don't want to say it this way because I feel like people are very discouraged right now on planet Earth. People are discouraged with our government and with voting. But what happened in D.C. with a certain group of people, tiny, is people who had lost hope and they just kind of like, I got a good idea. Oh, yeah, what it? Let's throw some chairs through the, the Capitol window. That doesn't make sense. I know, but they did it anyway. See what hope, the loss of hope will do? You'll do anything to get a result, even if it's the wrong result, even if it causes great pain and harm, even though you think that's the solution. These guys think quitting is the best answer. They are leaving the 11 and the rest where Christianity is now going to have a root. They're leaving that to go where? Where are you going? They think in their minds the best thing for us to do is leave (laughs) that group. Guys, as a pastor, I see this a lot. I see people leave the church, and I want to say to them, where are you going? I don't know. All I know is I've been hurt. We've all been hurt. We've all lopped other people's ears off. But Jesus has been putting ears back on for 2,000 years. Don't blame God for an inconsiderate... Hmm. I was trying to think of another cool adjective, but I can't. Somebody inside of the church that has harmed you. It's not the church's fault. It's not Calvary Chapel Myrtle Beach's fault. It's not God's fault. What are you going to do? You're going to quit? Where are you going to go? This is life. This is where you come to get healing. This is where the best dysfunctional family is. Why would you go be on your own? That's madness. That's somebody who is without hope. They are making an irrational decision to go outside and leave the safety of this. This is safe. We are here to be a body of Christ. Guys, you better learn to like each other. We're going to be with each other for like a long time. Like forever. And if you don't like me, I will find you all through eternity. Uh Ha-ha. So they have lost hope. We have all been here. Listen, would this not be a depressing passage if we didn't have the next verses? What if we were just left with these guys with no hope? And Jesus like, what? have fun with that. He doesn't do that. In the midst of where we are, he walks with us. At our lowest point, I'll tell you, Jesus will always be there. I can't see him. Well, we're going to see the answer is his word. 
Oh, I love this section. Isn't this a fun Sunday? You thought this resurrection, I was going to get into the all talking about how people say that the women didn't know where the tomb was or Jesus, you know, he passed out on the cross and then revived himself in the tomb and or the disciples beat up a Roman garrison and took his body. No, no, no. I want to I want to focus on the guys that are like us. Like everybody. Unmet expectations and a loss of hope when it comes to God. We've all been on this road. So let's see the fix. Okay, where did I go? 22. Yes, the certain women of our, they even bring up the women. Certain women of our our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they didn't find his body and they came saying that they had seen, can you see that air quotes from them? Seen a vision (laughs) of an angel who said that he was alive. Now, remember three weeks ago, a month ago, who came out of the tomb? Lazarus. We sang that today. Lazarus. The proof of resurrection is Lazarus. It had happened before that. I firmly believe that Jesus was preparing these guys. Look at what I can do. I can conquer death. I can raise anybody. Jesus said, I lay, uh, no one takes my life. I lay it down freely and I take it up again. He's told these guys. <laughs> and then a certain of those who were with us, he, they don't m- mention Peter, but we know it's Peter and John. They went to the tomb and found it, oh, shockingly, just as the women had said. But, he, but him they did not see. So they didn't see Jesus or they didn't see the angel, right? Mary Magdalene did. They heard all of this. Remember Mary thought it was the gardener? Sir, where have you laid his body? (laughs) And he says, Mary. She had had a personal, personal time with Jesus. And yet, these two guys, they don't believe any of it. None of the facts mean anything. And he said unto them, verse 25, remember, their eyes are still closed. They don't know who he is. Now, If you're walking with a group of people, this is kind of funny to me. That's why I want to see the video. I want to see their their facial expressions when somebody who they don't know kind of calls them out for being dumb. Oh, foolish ones, slow of heart. Slow of heart. We're going to see that they start with a slow of heart and they end with a burning heart. Oftentimes, that heartbeat of our faith beats just barely. He says, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. And Jesus says, "Um, you guys are Jews. You went to Hebrew school. Did you not know those things? Don't you love how Jesus always takes them back where? Back to the Bible. Back to the Bible. Pharisees, have you not read? Take some back to the Bible. Well, we're the learned ones. Yeah, but it's not about the head knowledge. It's about the heart knowledge. That's why he says you have a slow heart. And then he says in verse 26, ought not the Messiah, the Christ, to have suffered these things and entered his glory? He says, guys, the Messiah's role was to come and suffer. 
the suffering lamb of God. Isaiah, don't you just wish, because they didn't have chapter and verses yet. Don't you wish Jesus was, does anybody got a Bible? I got one. Could you open it up to Isaiah 53? Okay. That's me. They didn't get that. They will in a minute. Now, at the beginning, at the beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures and the things concerning him. Oh, to hear this message. That word expanded, or expounded, I want you to write next to it the Greek word for us and translated eventually into English means translated. What did Jesus do? Hey, you know what it's like? You got a foreign language and you need someone to translate? Man, I'll tell you, I love hate technology. Anyone else? I love hate technology, which means I love it in some areas and then I hate it in other areas. One area I love it, do you know that they have an app? You go to France, you go to Italy, you take your phone out, take a picture of the sign, it translates it. Is that not cool? You can speak into your phone a phrase like, how do I get to the bathroom? You know, what, whatever your phrase is, it will speak that phrase to the person. It's pretty cool, isn't it? So when we don't understand a language, we need someone to translate that for us. What I find interesting is they knew the, the Old Testament, but it took Jesus to translate it for them. They didn't know it. God often takes his word and translates it to where we are, what we need for the moment. And so he expounded, he translated to them the scriptures beginning at Moses. Jesus said, the volume of the book speaks of me. And at this moment, he teaches them. How awesome would that have been? Listen. Wouldn't it have been cool, and this is just me, maybe you don't like Leviticus, that Jesus, as he's going through Leviticus and he's talking about all the things that are in the temple, he's like, that's me, that's me, this is why that's me, this is me, I'm the bread, the sugar, that's me, that's me. The angels who the women just saw sitting, one at the front and one at the end, the other gospel says, speaking of the mercy seat, that's me, that's me, that's me. And they're... (laughs) He is blowing the, these guys probably would have been full at maybe Exodus 2. Like, we can't handle anymore. Now, they drew near to a village. They were, so they're coming to Emmaus now, and he indicated that he would have gone farther, which was Jesus, remember when he was walking on the water and Mark says that he would have walked by them? It's kind of the same thing, like, hey, nice talking to you guys, I'm, I'm going to, you know, head out to the 11 and blow their mind now. And so they constrained him, verse 29, saying, abide with us because it's coming towards evening and the day is far spent. And so he went to stay with them. And he came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it and gave it to them. So we don't know like the timeline. We know the morning happened, but what time did these guys bail? 8.30? 9? Did they bail or we're out? And as they're walking, 
this seven, eight-mile journey. Jesus is giving them this huge, did time slow down? What happened? But at some point, they don't know it's him, and now they're sitting down, and think about this. The very thing they saw Jesus do the most, which was just having a meal with his guys. And maybe it was the sound of the bread. A certain way that Jesus broke the bread. And immediately, (laughs) their eyes were opened. Verse 31. And they knew him. (laughs) And then, bummer, they vanished. I think maybe they were kind of excited that he vanished. Like, whoo. Can you imagine getting a rebuke from Jesus after you know it's Jesus? And you're like, we didn't even know it was him for like eight hours. So it's kind of good that he left. But as soon as he had given them what they needed, he took off. That seems to be our life, isn't it, sometimes? We get what we need from Jesus, and then he's off. And then we have another road to Emmaus, and he shows up. We don't know who he is again. He ministers to us. Then he says something that we remember like Mary. And then our eyes are open. Notice what they say. Verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? They started this out with quitting. Jesus called them slow of heart, and now their hearts are burning. What was the cure for their depression? What was the cure for their discouragement? Their cure was spending time with Jesus and his word. That's very simple, Pastor. I know, isn't it? That's the answer. The answer is spending time with Jesus in his word, listening to an amazing radio station here in Myrtle Beach. Hearing a message, isn't it wonderful to just hear a message and no matter what went on in your day, no matter what happened, I remember a a while back, my wife and I were at a conference and we were just in a a period in our life and and I'm, of course, I would never lie to you up here, but um, every message that we were at that conference, every message spoke right to where we were. And I know maybe you have been to a conference or a men's retreat and you'll get one message where you're like, that was really good. But not all of them. It rarely happens. But at that moment, that's what God knew we needed for that time. And then he's gone. Remember, it's more about the heart than it is about the mind. We can have a lot of knowledge, and there are a lot of knowledge people out there. They're on the web. Have you seen them? My favorite is, Pastor, you missed something while you were teaching. Well, maybe I was just trying to listen to the Holy Spirit instead of you. They'll send me an email. I know that. I've been teaching. Guys, there's rarely something I don't know. That means in his word, broken and down. That's not something to be puffed up. I just know the scripture. Because I've read it, I've taught it. It's inside of me. It lives inside of me. It's powerful. The Holy Spirit directs us. (laughs) I can't mention every point in every verse. We would never go through the Bible. 
the prescription for your depression and your discouragement in 2020. Is it 2021? Oh, thank I don't want to go back to 2020. Did I say that in the beginning of the message? Thank you for not rebuking me openly. Appreciate that. 50. Now listen. You just had your heart changed by Jesus. The word changed you. What are you going to do with it? We know what they're going to do with it. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to help somebody else? Now remember, there's a whole room of people that are bombed out. They know it. They left it. What if they would have said, I don't, want to, I don't even like those guys. They smell like fish. I got it. Bob, I don't know who the other guy's name is, but I'm going to call him Bob. Let's start our own thing. Oh, good idea. We could have T-shirts. It'd be great. They didn't do that. What did they do? Look at it. They rose up that very hour, which means they didn't waste time, and they returned. I want you to highlight or underline that they returned. To where? The place that they have lost their discouragement. Remember where you have fallen. Remember where you have, Jesus will tell us that coming soon in the book of Revelation. Remember. Return. So they returned to Jerusalem. They didn't keep the encouragement to themselves. Listen, I was in a really bad place in my life, and I'm just never going to tell anybody of what God did in my life. No! This is the body of Christ. (laughs) We encourage one another. The problem is we don't want to tell anybody that we were discouraged and depressed and that God had not met my expectations. We don't like telling people that (laughs) because we look kind of kooky. This is in the Bible. We've read it for 2,000 years. Everybody knows about these guys. That's why I believe Jesus did what he did because he knew that for 2,000 years, there are going to be a bunch of people like these two who were discouraged and did not have their expectations met by me. And so I need to encourage these guys. What better way? Why do you think Peter's in all the portions of the Gospels? So we can look at him and go, if God can use that guy, he can use me. Amen? The important part of this scripture, I believe, is that word return. They wanted to encourage the entire group of people who they left that were discouraged, and they want to tell them what God just did. Notice, they rose up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, and they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered. Those guys are still bummed out in the same room. How many hours? I don't know. Again, I really don't. Let's just say it's eight hours. That is a long time to be in one room with a bunch of depressed people. I give them kudos for not running like the rest of them. But they're all in the same room. What's the best thing that they can do? Bring encouragement. The best thing that can happen to you when you come in on Sunday and Wednesday is have encouragement. Listen, The encouragement comes from God's word, nowhere else. 
It's not from a message, not from a magazine or an article. It is God's word. What will inspire and encourage people to continue on in their walk is not some snappy message that the pastor invented or that I have five R's in my message. Someone who has asked me, they're like, I didn't get that last time. You were saying there were five P's. I'm like, oh, no, no, I was just giving a reference how some guys like to have in their topical messages five P's to the uh, uh, you know, wonderful life of Jesus. Patience, purpose, and that's where I'm going to stop because I can't come up with another couple P's. See, when you come here, you expect to hear this. Not me. When I am not here, when you come, you do not expect to hear Matt. You come to hear this. When I'm not here, you don't expect to hear from Pat. You come to hear God's word. Who cares what we have to say? It's God's word. And so they returned. And the idea here is that they are refreshing the entire room. Notice what they say. The Lord is risen indeed. Isn't that great? The whole room, after they told him what happened, they said the Lord is risen and he appeared to Simon. By the way, he also appeared to James, and I can't wait to have that conversation with James. Remember, James is the brother of Jesus, half-brother. Didn't believe that his brother was Messiah. How about that conversation? James is minding his own business on the Sunday. (laughs) Who is it? Jesus. By the way, Jesus is a common name in the day. Joshua. Jesus who? Right? What does that look like? He has a private conversation with James, his brother. He says, it's okay, buddy. I know you wanted to throw me in a loony bin, which he did. They thought he was insane. Can you imagine that day actually realizing that your brother is the son of God? They have a private conversation. He restores him. James becomes the pillar of the church. It's not Peter. It's James. James is the leader of the early church. But Simon also got, there's a lot going on on this Sunday morning. But the angels say specifically to the women, hey, go tell the 11 and Peter (laughs) that I've risen. Like, oh, yeah, what what happened? Well, we saw these angels. Oh, and by the way, the angel said to specifically tell you, Pete, he's risen. Why? Because Peter had denied Jesus. God was restoring Peter as well. And he will have a breakfast later on in the Galilee. And they told them about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. He's known, and let me just paraphrase that, in communion. Isn't that how Jesus is well known? Do this in remembrance of me. We know who Jesus is by the cup and the bread. We know the blood that was shed for us, his body that was broken for us. We know who Jesus is by the communion. Listen, Jesus wanted to know from them what he wants us to know as well today, which is 
Can you believe without seeing with your own eyes? Can we believe based on reliable eyewitness testimony of other people? Remember, we, 2021, I've got it right. Anybody seen Jesus? And if you have, we want to talk to you later. And I'm serious. But most of us haven't seen Jesus. And Jesus told John, listen, blessed are those who see me and believe. I'm sorry, Thomas. He said, Thomas, blessed are those who will see me. That's you, Thomas. You're blessed. But even more who don't see me and yet believe. Can you, part of our walk with God and faith in Jesus Christ, believe in the eyewitness accounts in Luke 24? Our faith is based upon this word that has not changed We have some books out there on how we got the Bible and how amazing this book is in its documented proof, not changing. I know I tell you this all the time. I'll end with this. In the Museum of the Dead Sea Scrolls, you can read in this, our Bible, Isaiah, and you can read it there, Isaiah. And it was 600 years before Jesus. This is an accurate book. It's a book to be believed. It's not a story of make-believe. This isn't it happened upon one time, right? Once upon a time it happened. This isn't a fairy tale. It's not a story. That's why I've stopped saying stories. These are historical facts. And God asks you the question like he asked them, can we believe based, can your faith be based upon reliable eyewitness account in this book? The proof that's in here and the proof that's revealed and changed lives in this room. That's Luke 24. Now this day, I told you, continues. And can't, I can't wait for him to show up with the 11. That's next. Lord willing, next week. Read ahead, we'll see Jesus appearing uh, to the disciples and then we will see his ascension And we will be done with the book of Luke next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this amazing part of Scripture, Lord. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself to these women at the tomb, revealing yourself to Mary Magdalene. Someone, Lord, who had a a really tough life, a hard life. You revealed yourself to her, to these two, to Peter, to John, or to James, and then to the arrest of the apostles. Thank you, Lord, that in our time of discouragement or wanting to quit, that you come alongside of us, and Lord, you bring us your word that encourages us in the times when we are low, when the times when we have a slow heart. Lord, cause that burning to rage again in our lives, to remember where we have fallen, remember where we have walked away from. Peter said, Lord, you have life. Where would we go? Yes, Lord, where would we go if we walked away? We would go back into our same life of despair and hopelessness. Lord, our hope is in you and not in man, not in governments, not in vaccines, 
not in medicines, although can help from time to time. Lord, our hope is in you. Lord, we place our trust in you. And so, Lord, thank you for our day, and thank you for the men up in Arrowwood. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.